<laughs> you got this. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am good. I am good. How are you at 4.30 in the morning? <laughs> so I, I could not sleep. I woke up at 1.30 in the morning, tossed and turned, tried to put on this like meditation, tried to listen to some ocean sounds. And then finally at 4, 4.30, I just thought, I'm just going to wake up and made a coffee. And I was like, let's see if Jay's ready to rock. So I'm a little sleep deprived, but I I weirdly feel fine, but I know I'll crash later. Yeah, you'll get up. Yeah, luckily my daughter's not here, so I, I can get up. So yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Um I have an operational kitchen. OMG. That's awesome. It looks so beautiful. The pictures you sent me. Oh my God. I swear to God, I have never been so excited to load a dishwasher in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It was ridiculous. I'm not joking. How long have you been without without a dishwasher? I would say probably six months, maybe. And then without a real... Without kitchen. a real kitchen, uh, four months, three, four months. Like we had to, yeah, because we had we had no drainage downstairs in our, we still had a kitchen, but we had no drainage. So we couldn't pour anything down the sink for probably two months. We've had the washing machine uh, linked up to, hooked up to a bucket, <laughs> which we have to empty. Um, yeah, it's been horrific. So yeah, to have a functional kitchen has been amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Cannot tell you. Oh, I'm just so happy for you. It's so great. Yeah. So that's been the big thing this week. My friend was like, wow, you're living the dream. Like, (laughs) I I know when I said, oh my God, I was so happy to load a dishwasher. She was like, oh, living the dream. (laughs) Well, different things make you happy when you get older. I know. (laughs) I said to you, I feel really grown up. It's it's a big thing, though. I know we're laughing about it. But actually, for me, it is a huge thing. uh, Because not being happy in my surroundings and where I've lived has been a massive, massive um, problem in, in how I've been feeling in my life. And it was a huge um role in our kind of affair story really because it it was one of the contributing factors to me being so miserable so actually it really is a huge thing that I've first time ever first time ever in my married life that I have a kitchen that I genuinely love and connect with and it flows and the energy is right and we're finally sorting out the kind of back end of our house I just feel like for years I've just made do and you just have to put up with whatever you're given and yeah it's it it was quite emotional actually it is and you know there's that saying of you know when an affair happens you you have to just burn it all you burn it all down and you start over or you you know and and you sent me those pictures of your gutted house it was so symbolic it was like okay we're just gonna gut this and we are going to rebuild this 
together. Yeah, definitely. And it's changed the energy in our home and we've done it together. And yeah, Yeah, it's huge. It's been a really, yeah, it has been really, really, really big thing. And also when, when, you know, affairs happen, you kind of have to look, I, or I had to look anyway at the bigger picture, what actually contributed to that situation. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, I obviously didn't contribute to him making that choice, but it wasn't just about his choice. There was a mass, there was a big, big picture of things all going on and all contributing to us not being affair proof, I guess. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and that was definitely what my unhappiness in just homes and moving and not feeling settled and not being able to just put down roots and, and breathe. I never felt that I could just go, oh, I'm just here and I'm pottering about and I'm just, I have not had that feeling um, for so long. And actually just having the kitchen there I can feel it coming like we're nowhere near finished so when it's finished and we're just living in it then I'll that feeling I think will finally arrive but it's I can feel it coming now which is which is amazing I feel it coming (laughs) (laughs) I break into song I break into song at 4 30 in the morning Oh, no, it's now 5, 5.18 a.m., so the sun is up. Well, we have a topic for today. Yes. So I'm going to read out. This is an email that I have had a few emails with this lady back and forth. It's been really nice. Um, and I love the um, ideas that people send because it's putting different perspectives on things. And um, so keep the emails coming. You can email me at um, the wife at iamthewife.com or you can just send me a dm on i am the wife blog on instagram i do try to answer them but sometimes i forget um so this it says may i offer an idea for future discussion how do we cope with the trauma of knowing our husbands slated us to and with the other woman especially when you have read the text or have been told things he said to her about you and even about your kids. The person we loved and trusted most who then dehumanized, degraded and diminished you, his wife, mother of his children, to the other woman. I do know that infidelity therapy advice explains this is a common feature of affairs. It's a way the betrayer justifies what they're doing in their own mind to create a false image of the wife as crazy or an awful person that isn't true or even what they really believe about their wife is just another way the betrayer and the other woman lie to themselves and each other to deflect any guilt for what they're doing. But still, it's fucking hard and still attacks your self-esteem long after the affair has ended. And then she goes on to say, betrayal isn't just about sex. It's about betraying your dignity, you as a person, your kids, your family. Yeah. So true. So true. And I mean, I was so desperate to find all the messages, but I really only saw, I never saw any text messages from her. I only saw this one text message he had sent her. So who knows, but I have friends who found emails and, oh, just brutal. Um, Yeah. The only 
things I've, I, I'm sure he did say horrible things about me. And I know from people who have told me is, you know, what, what he's even telling people now um, about why our marriage ended, you know, just conveniently leaving out the part where he had an affair. Yeah. So, but you had more of that horrific. Yeah, I had, um, well, I looked through all the text messages. So when I found out, I took his phone and I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it back. And that was really just so that he couldn't contact her. And it wasn't until my sister, I'd had the phone a couple of days and my sister said to me, maybe you should look because I don't trust this woman. She could, you know, throw things at you of what he said to her. Or, you know, if you look through all the messages, you've kind of bracing yourself for it. Um, So I did. And he hadn't um, deleted them. No, because I had his phone, you see. No, he and and he was away. So as soon as I found out, they were and it did really shock me because it went back. Obviously, it was like six weeks worth of hundreds of text messages all day, every day, photos. It was as if I didn't exist. It was as if he was single, like completely. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, exactly. Same. That's what mine, That same, same. I mean, that text message was like a newly dating couple kind of text message. Yeah, and this was like all day, every day. And it was things like, do you want a coffee? And I'll bring you a coffee. You know, just it was crazy. But... There wasn't very much about me. There was there was some in the beginning where she asked, where obviously they'd maybe just kissed or something, and she asked, um, like, "Oh, you can you can walk away guilt free now, um, pretty much guilt free at the moment." What's the situation with your wife or something? And my husband replied, "Well, obviously I'm not very happy, but I'm not ready to leave." So I did see that one, and then obviously they continued on anyway. There was a bit where she asked him to take his ring off ah yeah that was really bad um and there was one there was one where she um sent him this message saying oh I know it's really gonna hurt and it's gonna be really awful and it's gonna hurt like hell but I'll be beside you every step of the way if that's what you want kind of thing I was like and there'll be and there'll be um Oh, new opportunities and, you know, great life ahead of you kind of thing. And I was like, he's got fucking children. What the fuck? And then um, when he came home, so this was like, there was 24 hours before I found out. Um, when I looked on his phone, she had said, oh, what have you been up to today? And he'd said something like, and that day we had gone to the children's um, parent consultations at school. We'd taken them to swimming lessons. We had, um, he had taken my son to his birthday gaming party and picked up some of his friends and stuff. It was just general family stuff. I'd made him birthday cake, my son. And the message said something like, oh, just like chuffing bullshit, boring, boring bullshit or something like that. <gasps> and I do remember saying to him like, is that what you think of our life? Because that is our life. Like, that's my life. If it's boring bullshit, like, boring. Like, fam, parent consultations, swimming lessons, birthday parties, after-school activities, you know, clubs. Right, That's my life. Like, running around after our children, cleaning, washing, that, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry if it's not more interesting. I know. And it's weird because like I've always said, I kind of like the 
boring stuff. I like real life stuff. I mean, I I asked him about it and he did say that he didn't think that and he was just putting what he thought she wanted to hear. But this woman was not married. She didn't have any children. You know, free and single. She just could do what she wants. She traveled a lot. You know, she just could do what she wanted whenever she wanted. And people without kids... You know, I think they just think, oh, well, it'll be sad for a while, but the kids will be resilient and they'll move on. And, you know, I'll just have this man now and we'll live yeah. our life happily. You've got us. no concept his, of his, family. Yeah, his kids will grow to love me. and <laughs> Yeah, no, no concept. concept. The depth and the breadth of being a parent. And, uh, and being a family, like yeah, none. So, yeah, but then the worst one, so not, there wasn't really anything. He told me that they didn't really talk about me because I was really like, what did you say about me? You've made me yeah. out to be this this awful, horrible person. And he was kind of like, I never did that. And I was like, well, you must have said something. Like, I don't yeah. believe you spent six weeks having an affair and never mentioned your wife. And he just said that it was kind of like the unsaid thing that they didn't really talk about. But when... um a few weeks after I found out and he had ended it and we had agreed to stay together and all this stuff, I found an email in his drafts, which he never sent. And it was on the day where he said to me, so I just found out this was like maybe three or four days later. And he said, he said to me, okay, I should probably contact her and end it now so he instigated this conversation and doing it and I was like okay and I had to go and pick up our daughter from gymnastics and I said um he said oh we'll do it when you get back which we did and um this email that I he must have written it when I was taking her to gymnastics and it taking my daughter to gymnastics because it was a a kind of a pre-empting the text message he was about to send right and it was all, um, I decided to leave my phone out and um, I'm so sorry, I've messed everything up and I, the pull of my family is just too great. And I, um, what else did it say? was like, oh, I, I think about what could have been and you made my heart sing again and I meant everything I said to you and you're tender and you're sexy and you're honestly it was just the most gut-wrenching puking absolute oh my god you told me you were going to end it with her and then you write that fucking email and the only reason he didn't send it is because he knew that she might mention it and I could see his phone now yeah and if she mentioned it in the messages then I would know that he'd so he never sent it but he didn't get rid of it. It was in his drafts and I found that. And, you know, he, he was devastated. Again, it was just, it was, it's this whole, this lady, what this lady is saying in the email, it's this whole intoxication of limerence. He said it was all fantasy bullshit that he was caught up in. And, as, as this lady says, I totally get that. My head understands it logically, but it feels like someone has fucking stabbed you in the heart and dragged the knife down your chest 
until it fucking comes out the bottom. It is the most gut-wrenching, fucking oh. horrific thing you can ever, ever hear from anyone. I Yes. I cannot even... Oh, my God, I can't even begin to imagine. Like, and she's absolutely right in that this is the person that is supposed to know you better than anybody. This is the person that's supposed to have your back and you've, you've spent your lives, however long you've been married for, you know, it's us against the world and it's, you know, I'll back you up, you back me up. You're supposed to know me. You're supposed to understand me and to find out that they are either thinking things or saying things or both about you that are not true and are not just not accurate and not fair. And it is awful. And, and all because what someone else has come along that they've known five minutes. That's suddenly amazing. Like it's the worst fucking feeling ever. Yeah. And I mean, I just have to, you know, Something that rang true for me is that idea that they're not they're not looking for another person. They're looking for another self. They want a different version of themselves. You know, they don't want to have they it's a fantasy where they almost get to start over and not worry about mundane bullshit stuff like taking the kids here, paying the mortgage, putting out the recycling. You know, they get to live in that fantasy gaga land of when you've just met someone and you feel fantastic Ugh, it's I I still wish weirdly I could read I want the full truth I think that's what I feel is missing and I know a lot of people are like no it's good you didn't read those like what good would that do you but I still feel like I don't know the full truth of the affair he had with her and other affairs that I'm pretty sure happened too. So, uh, but reading that, I mean, it's happened to me before I've been betrayed before, not in a marriage, but where I've checked someone's emails and found an email that this ex-boyfriend wrote to another woman. And it was devastating, but never read horrible things about myself I think it's it's um I remember saying I think I wrote about it in one of my blogs it was like I felt like I was being portrayed as a caricature of myself you know with a caricature where you've got your if you've got big teeth then that's drawn bigger or if you yes you know and and it was like all these negative things which we all have negative negative things about us Um, had been exaggerated to the point where that's who I was being made out to be. And I was just like, that's not me. And I just think it's really hurtful when they're supposed to know you better than anybody. They're supposed to know you and what kind of person you are and what kind of parent you are and what kind of wife you are and, and that it's all exaggerated in a in the wrong way and you're made out to be a x y and z that you're really not and or if you are there are reasons you know there were reasons why i was miserable there were reasons why i got angry at times there was reasons why i was the way i was well you're um, just a human being right like it, there's there's nothing negative about being angry sometimes no exactly and it's just 
it's really, really, really hurtful. So again, it's this, I, I understand the therapist saying, yes, it's just a justification behavior and all of that stuff. I understand that. But the difference between understanding that and actually feeling the betrayal and the, the hurt that that creates is, it's very, very, very hard to deal yeah. with. Very hard, and very hard to get over. Yeah. Even I, when, even when my husband has been like, it was all bullshit. It was, you know, he just says it was just fantasy bullshit. He said, oh, you know, he's said all this stuff. And once the limerence wears off and they can, they come out of the bubble, as he puts it, the fog wears off. He was devastated and, you know, but at the time, he fucking believed it. He believed yeah, it all. I think that's it. I think they believe the lies. They they believe the story they're in. Cause it, and it feels so good. So it feels so meant to be and... Um, Justified. Yeah. But I don't know how you get over that. I don't know how. Like, I don't know. I forget if she asked, how do you get over that? But <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how you get over that. I think you just have to go... I mean, I've said things about people in anger or frustration that I didn't really mean. I've seen people I love in a negative light and then, you know, a few months later kind of realized how wrong I was. So I don't know. I guess I guess you have to kind of compartmentalize that stuff into, you know that chapter and tuck it away but I don't know how you get over with someone you know saying something hurtful about you it's like you you know the things we remember are not like the kind things people say about us or the compliments the things that stick with us are often criticisms um that people have of us yeah it's really it's a really really difficult one I think it getting past it I'm just trying to think it it relies on so many things I think one thing is that it it really depended for me I can only speak from my experience obviously he had to kind of recognize that what he said was wrong and not justified which he did eventually so when all the shit wore off he Mm -hmm. has been mortified and has been very apologetic and remorseful so like if you don't see that remorse then in your mind, there's always going to be that doubt that that's what they actually think. So unless yeah. you see that remorse from them, you know, you're kind of like, I was really like, if that's what you think of me, why the fuck are we married? Like, why on earth did you marry me? If I'm that terrible and I'm that awful, like, what the fuck are we doing together? So that remorse had to come from him and that realisation and that acknowledgement that it was all part of the game and the bullshit of, of the affair, which he did. The name um, of this episode is bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I think um, one other thing is um, understanding in yourself that this is about them. And yes, yeah, it's about them justifying their behavior and also, but it's, it's also about them and not you. So the fact that they are able to do that is their problem. It really mm-hmm. is something that really has very little to do with you. You are just on the receiving end. Like it's not very nice to be on the receiving end, but it's knowing that actually 
that mm. really does say more about them than it does you. And I think the third thing is just you've got to feel that pain. You have to feel it and you have to cry and cry and cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. And, and scream and throw things and yeah. do whatever you need to do. Because it fucking hurts. And when there is that much pain, you can't avoid it. You have to give yourself time and space to be able to let it overcome you at times and know that for two hours you're going to be out of it because you just are going to be, you know, crying your little heart out, feeling the pain. Mm -hmm. It's the only way to do it, I think. Yes, that's definitely true. I think it's, yeah, trying not to feel it is not going to help you in the long run. <laughs> no, and I did, um, I did see, it was an, I think it was an Esther Perel thing on when she was on the Red Table Talk. Yeah. And there was this lady on there who'd been with her husband since they were like 17. She'd been married for 35 years or some huge amount. And her husband had just gone off with someone loads younger and she was absolutely, she was just like, I don't even know what to do with my life. Like, I don't know what to do. And Esther said, you know, you have to grieve. You've got to set aside a time every day to cry and feel it. And I was just like, yeah, like so many advice is kind of like oh you've got to like go and snap out of it and oh you'll be fine and find a new hobby or you know yeah and she was like no you've you've got to grieve and you've got to take care of yourself while you grieve but you have got to set time aside to be able to feel the pain mm -hmm. because it hurts it does hurt it still hurts I mean i was that's not really what kept me up but once I'm up in the middle of the night you know, I'm, I still replay things in my head and it still hurts and it still just makes me feel sick and stupid. And yeah, it's, it's just the worst club to be in, but the best club because I met you. <laughs> yeah, we do, <laughs> well, we do say this all the time, don't yeah. we? It is, but I, I, I agree. It is, the worst like it doesn't leave you and when like especially when I know how far my husband took it and the the way he behaved when he was married like he he genuinely acted like he was single he took his ring off that you know like it he behaved as if I didn't exist at all which is so incredibly hurtful and, and when I allow myself to go there that's when the shame kicks in like we were talking about last week for why did you stay because it was so atrocious and he behaved so despicably and his whole attitude was absolutely appalling there aren't even the words like bad enough for me to even touch the surface but he knows, he knows how bad he behaved during that time. He knows that his attitude kicked in and it is all a defense mechanism and it is all a reaction to what they're doing. Um, yeah. And he's got to live with that. He has to live with that, not me. I mean, I do, but I can 
find a way through it. He's got to live with that. Yeah. And if they are remorseful, then that's a pretty fucking shit thing to have around your neck for the rest of your life. And I do think that a lot of the behaviour that you see in the husbands or the wives after this, um, like maybe the arrogance or the defensiveness or the what seemingly looks like they don't care is really, really bad um, defence mechanisms to counterbalance how fucking low they feel in themselves for what they did. Yeah. God. Because it's fucking shit the way they behave. Really, really is. I was thinking this as I was wrapping birthday presents and it was Father's Day and then my ex's birthday was a couple days ago and so I had to, I didn't have to, but I chose to buy some presents for my daughter to give him and I'm just sitting there wrapping fucking presents for the person who has hurt me the most in my entire life and I'm thinking I just kept thinking I'm doing it for my daughter I'm doing it for my daughter but I just thought what a fucking I feel so pathetic right now I spent my money buying this person presents to make them feel great on their birthday and I just that was a tough thing that happened this week and Father's Day was hard I was just like you're not a great dad you know, you're not because a great dad wouldn't do that anyway. But I think they know they're not. I really do. Deep down. That's what I mean. They have to live with yeah. themselves. And yeah. I don't see you as pathetic for doing that at all. I see you as being you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You're not involving your child in it. You're showing that you can be the bigger person and you're not allowing the animosity to seep into other areas and affect her. You're doing yeah. the right thing. I would do the same. I would do the same. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I, she'll see it someday. And I have this chalkboard by my front door and I have to write something new on it. But for the past month, I've, I wrote rise above, which was my mantra for a while. Yeah. Like rise above it, rise above it. Just, um, I think that's the thing. I think like we've said this before is that we are the ones with our integrity intact. It doesn't, make it hurt any less it really doesn't but we can hold our heads high they are the ones that have to live with what they did the lies they told the way they behaved the stupidness of of how they acted and you know the bullshit fantasy they believed in and all this kind of childish run around that was totally fucking pathetic yeah they have got to live with that and they've got to live with that realization of that's who they were for that period of time and that is how they've treated somebody and I would never want to be on that side of the fence in a million fucking years yeah and I as guess much you... as it's her, I would rather be where we are. Oh, God. Oh, given God. The choice. Me too. Me too. Me too. I could not, I don't know how, what, to hurt someone this much. Uh, that would just. So I think even, I don't know if it's any consolation, but I do believe that even if they're not showing it inside, they fucking know. They know. They know how despicable they were and they know how hurtful they were. They know how bad it was. Yeah. Um, and it's, 
you've got to kind of see that and find your own way yeah. through it, really. And maybe think about those words that were written as written by a different person because like you've said before it's like they're possessed it's like they are under a spell and so yeah that was all part of it you know yeah and i just want to say not under a spell because the affair partner is so amazingly attractive no no <laughs> no under no. a spell because of the whole evil spell <laughs> yeah Oh God! Now I'm yawning. Now I'm like, oh, you're not boring me. I'm just <laughs> haven't slept tonight much. So I get. I don't know whether that helps because, like we were saying, I did. It's that is one of the worst bits. That when I read that email, I was like, oh my God, yeah, we need to talk about this because it yeah, is horrible. It's, it's really fucking horrible. It's sickening. It's sickening, and um. Yeah, I was just even for me hearing, you know, this friend say, oh, here's what he's telling people. Here's what he's telling people that, you know, mm. and it, it's uh, it's pretty gross. But it's self-preservation. He's yeah. trying to smooth yeah. the veneer over the top of being an asshole. Like. Yeah. yeah. And I just think like. It would be we'd so be amazing if we lived in a world where people were humble and repenting and, you know, took acknowledgement and accountability for what they do and held their hands up and go, yeah, I was a fucking dick and now I'm going to change. But the reality is a, only a small minority of people actually do that. No, exactly. Most people just blame everybody else. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if we could say, like, Here's how you get over it. Take two tablespoons of uh, <laughs> honey, mix it with some hot water. We could be millionaires. I know. And then you could say, just drink this mixture at midnight. And you'll be fine. And you'll get over it. Yeah. But I say to you, like, <laughs> I'm now, I am three and a half, just over three and a half years. So it will be four years in October. Yeah, and I'm two years. Um, and it definitely definitely is leaving my consciousness it's yeah. not completely gone but it's definitely leaving it's way weaker than it used to be mm. and I swear I never ever thought ever that I would be saying this because it felt like it would never I felt like I'd be trapped in this kind of video game playing in my life so real in 3d all the time because that's how it felt mm-hmm. um and it there are obviously a lot of factors that have um, made that happen. And one being is the way that my husband ha- now behaves, but um, it definitely is going. So just hang in there, like hang, hang in, in there. Talk to people who get it. I don't know. And never think that, you know, in this kind of community that you can't talk about it three, four, five, six years later, like, with our people you'll always be free to talk about it because it consumes you and consumes your life that's all that was prevalent in my life Uh, especially when I was living there like there was nothing else on my mind at all everything else was just secondary it was horrible yeah oh Uh, Another happy one. Another happy show. <laughs> I'm really singy, singy today. Um, 
<laughs> I always get to the end and think, oh, well, that was, don't know whether we helped anybody. There. <laughs> and then we listen to it and we're like, oh, that was pretty good. But well, it's just, there's so many hideous, hideous topics and hideous aspects. And there's so many things that are so gut-wrenchingly awful and painful and, um, you know, it's just such a shout out to everybody who is going through this because yeah. it's fucking horrific. Like, it, I forget how bad it really, really, really feels when until we actually really drill down and remember what it was like in these, what it felt like to feel like you were being, you know, pushed away for someone else. Someone else was better than you. Someone else made them happier. Someone else was a better option. Yeah. Like, it's the worst fucking feeling in the world. It really is. <sighs> well, so, yeah. on that note, <laughs> cheerio, pip, pip. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I think on the, on the plus side, or not there's a plus side of it, but I think it's just to reiterate that this is why we're doing this. Yeah. Because we recognize that and we want to feel that or to help people feel they're not alone. And, and the messages that I get, I say this every time, that is the biggest thing that I hear is thank you for sharing because I don't feel like I'm going crazy and I know I'm not alone. And um, that's the whole reason we did this. And when we talk about these really hard topics, it reminds me why we're doing it. Yeah, definitely. You just got to hang in there and cry it out until it goes because it does go it it does it does it does it, it does i know it's easy for me to say but eventually yeah you you will get there yeah exactly it'll be less and less for sure so when are you going on another date i think that's what everybody wants to hear i know i don't know i don't know i have no one to go on a date with um i don't I, maybe I'll go on, I'll, I'll load up my app again today and scroll through horrific men. <laughs> send me the pictures. I'll send you the pictures <laughs> of the really bad ones. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to go on a date, but also I'm just, I don't know how there's no one to go on a date with. That's what I feel like. So. Well, I think it would be a really nice addition to the podcast. Of- yeah. If my weekly dates. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think that would be nice too. Is there a budget for my dating? Do we have a budget? Because that's the other thing I was thinking, my God, I went out the other night and I was like, okay, well, I have to take an Uber because I'm drinking and then eating. And it wasn't a date. It was just like meeting a friend. But I was like, damn, that's expensive. Well, so hopefully someone, the person I go on a date with will pay for the for the date just yeah. watch out for the tinder swindler exactly oh, oh you finally watched that it's i did so... i watched it yesterday oh my god well that guy so just it's so upsetting when he starts yelling and, and oh my god it just i found that so triggering and yeah it was just gross yeah it's so just an, a reminder really gets me in the mood for dating thank you <laughs> yeah yeah. oh but don't you see the girl at the end they were like are you still on t- tinder and she was like yep 
You're yep. still looking for love. She was like, yeah, she's never given up. And she's $250,000 in debt, bless her. I, just I, wanted to, I just wanted to give her a hug. I was just like, oh, my God. Me too. Fucking... I remember that too. I just wanted to say, oh, my gosh, you're so brave for talking about this. And, yeah. I, you know what? I hope, hopefully, you know, I would love to be able to say I'm going on a date. But I'll keep you posted. Okay. I'm going to go on my app. I'm going to go on my app but see who's around at 5:53 a.m. And uh yeah, maybe I'll go on a date. I don't know. There's an, I I would go on a date if there was someone I would date with or someone asked me. Okay. I would do it. even if someone I didn't want to go on a date with asked me, maybe I'd do it just so I could talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Be a good social experiment. It would be okay. It'd be like okay. it would be like and just like that, but in real life. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, do you know, it's just one thing before we go that I remember that what the watching the Tinder Tinder Swindler reminded me last night is how how the power of speaking out and being um brave and vulnerable about your situation like they took this guy down because yes. she agreed to have her story put in a yes. newspaper and on social media and she was completely slated by the entire world oh, but yeah. obviously supported by the other half of the world and I was watching it thinking you know like we were talking about last week yes coming out and standing tall and and, and speaking your truth and not being shamed by the situations that you found yourself in and because there's power in that and I was watching it as it as it obviously got towards the end and the way they um kind of got their own back on this guy I was just like oh my god like yeah there is power in the truth will set you free you know you have to just speak your truth and and be open and out there about your experiences I was like I was cheering them on Yes, definitely. That's it's good. And I sent you that uh, quote, was it? Yeah. Um, about, you know, there's no greater freedom in to, than finally speaking your truth or using your voice or I forget. It was really, really great quote, probably <laughs> about something smashing. <laughs> um, it, was it was a good quote. It, it was, was good. Saying the same thing. It was kind of just like, when you realize you haven't been using your voice, then when you finally do, it just feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. So we will continue to do that, right? Well, have a good day. I hope you, you manage too. to sleep at some point. I'm sure I will at some point. But I'm up now. I'm 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 just think of what I'm gonna accomplish. It's it's just six AM and I've been up for many hours. You'll crash out by eight o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so next week I'm going to the other side of Canada to visit my family. So I'll be three hours ahead. So that's going to be exciting for us. Yeah. As I said, I won't have to wait all day. Yeah. And and maybe I'll get my sister if I can convince her to come on the podcast. Yeah, we'll do one. I can get my sister too. So maybe we'll do that. Yeah, I'll ask her. Okay. Okay. Take care. Bye.